What's going on, everybody? It's Jake Demchik with the Unruly Jets Fantasy Football Podcast, joined, as always, by my two favorite Kevins, Kevin Carbono and Kevin B.K. Hilaire, as well as Adam Gray. Gentlemen, what's going on? What's going on? Not too much. Today's episode is featuring our hot and cold teams, meaning players and teams that we are excited about this year and teams that maybe we're cooled on or we just don't think they're going to be all that great for fantasy. Uh, But... Training camp is alive and well, and we are almost at regular season, fellas. We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. Close. Days away. Uh, it has seemed like kind of a roller coaster for guys like uh, Mr. Leonard Fournette, who in <laughs> what seems like 24 hours was cut, cleared waivers, and now signed by the Bucks. Imagine... Good landing spot for him? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine getting cut by the Jaguars and waking up. No, in terrible. Air. Like, talk about a win <laughs> difference. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Terrible going from fight. the Bucks or sorry, from the Jags to go to the Bucks and say, "Oh, well, now I have Tom Brady instead of uh, Gardner Minshew." Yeah, that sounds like a, a win-win to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Gardner Minshew, <laughs> generational talent. Facial Mustache. Hair. Who wore it better, Gardner or Tom Brady? Gardner I mean, that's, hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's what I'm no asking. question. Did Brady no. have a mustache? I don't Sorry. believe so. I don't think he ever Oh, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> that just showed you. Like, it, it would be nowhere near Gardner anyways. How did I miss Freddy uh, did have facial that. hair. If Freddie did have facial hair, it would be a goat tee. And that has been the episode of the Unreleased Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. I'll be back here with more punny jokes and goat-related themed things. Uh, but for Leonard Fournette, do you think that he poses any sort of consistent fantasy value? I mean, I guess a better question, better way to put this, how high are you on Ronald Jones now that Leonard Fournette's in the backfield? Ugh. Ronald Jones might as well not be drafted now that Fournette's who? on the team. Ronald who? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I, I definitely think it, it hurts him. I just – I find it hard to believe that Fournette's going to come in and be I, – I, I don't freaking know. I mean, nobody would give them a seventh-round pick for Fournette. So, yeah. like, at, at some point, it's like – how? What? I mean, that's not because of his talent. I don't think you can deny the guy's been productive, especially with the Jaguars. I can only imagine with <sighs> no stack boxes with, you know, guys getting double-teamed on the outside and him having clear lanes to run through. He's definitely going to be pretty yeah. productive on that team. I mean, maybe I just like with the, all the hype that they've been busting out for Ronald Jones this year, it just like I definitely I don't think that either of them are going to be possible. They might be dart throws later on in the draft now because you don't know which way it's going to go. But I mean, it's probably going to go Fournette more so just because he's yeah, a, as far out. as they are in there. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it depends. Right. Yeah. It depends. Now, do you think, though, because, I mean, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, that's, that's two different style backs. I mean, Ronald Jones is pretty fast. Pretty, I, I don't he, think anybody would describe slow. Fournette as a burner. He's not the slowest back. He's just huge. He's a big boy. Now, it, it, I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn plays any sort of significant role this year. Not if anybody had to be. Yeah, anybody had nope. thinking he was going to be the, the, the pass catcher for Brady, but – I mean, even Shady now. I don't think I don't think Shady was was anybody people were were jumping at the bit to draft in the first place. But 
I think now, I mean, those two can kind of get them off your draft boards in general. But I guess where would you draft Ronald Jones and where would you draft Leonard Fournette right now? I wouldn't move I wouldn't. Leonard Fournette much. I, I like Leonard Fournette still. I yeah, still for sure. do. I, I, mean, I agree. With the change of team. I wouldn't move him much from where he was. Uh, Ronald Jones, I would drop significantly. I don't know how much, but I, I probably won't even go near him personally, just because I, I think the talent is definitely in favor of Leonard Fournette over Ronald Jones. Um, as far as usage-wise, we, we're not going to know until the season happens, but I would think that they'd go with the more talented back. I think unless unless one or both of them drop significantly, I'm not going to touch either of them. Because if Ron, if Fournette – I already was kind of out-ish on Fournette. If he stays around the draft position he's at now and Ronald Jones stays at around the draft position they're at now, I'm probably out on them unless they fall. I yeah. personally, I see Ronald Jones falling out of a lot of draft boards entirely. I just don't see him getting any type of workload making it worth rostering. Like, if, you if, guys... if he's not the pass catching back and he's not getting the early down work nor the goal line work since he's got a myth in Fournette, like, what is what is he doing besides being a change of pace guy? I I don't know. I, I, I guess I have a tough time thinking that Fournette's just going to come in and command, you know, a 75%, 70%, you know, share of the, the workload. Like, I keep in mind, guys, I mean, we're <clears> – <throat> September 2nd right now. So you figure he is what? 10 days before the – technically before the season starts, but what, 11 days before their first game? Like, I don't know. I I think the the Jags might have done Fournette dirty just waiting this long to cut him. Just say, Mm -hmm. like, hey, there's no way that that you're going to go in 11 days from the season over and be able to acclimate to a new offense, new system, new coach, new everything. I mean, even but, if it's not week one, I mean, it's it's a long season, hopefully. So, I mean, even if it's week two, week three, and now, and now he's, you know, the bell cow outside of, you know, third down work, then that's that's got to be worth the uh, second, third round pick at least. Interesting. Well, I'll say safely, uh, you guys can have him in those <laughs> rounds. I would right. gladly yeah. take Fournette on right now, absolutely. I have – I would agree. With you. I've been <laughs> wanting Fournette the whole time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Great Kevs think alike. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I guess in in other kind of shocking news, but maybe not so much. Uh, he has been uninspiring in camp from all accounts. Uh, Muhammad's a new cut by the Pats. Uh, really glad they invested a second round uh, pick to trade for him last year. It never worked out last year, minus one game and. Kind of just it is what it is, and the Pats have such a stacked wide receiver core. Said said no one. Uh, but does this make you more confident in Eel Harry and Julian Edelman going forward? Not really. I, I don't think it changes. I mean, Nikhil Harry, I would yeah. say yes. Just he's been getting some. He's been getting some some you know good good feedback in camp, especially from Cam. So I mean, if you take. If you're confident enough to cut your only proven outside guy in Sanu, then you must think Nikhil Harry can carry the workload out there. Otherwise, like, why would you do it? You might as well just roster him since he can at least play. And they've got nobody else. Literally nobody else. Are they going to put Jacoby out there week one? Gunner. Yeah. Gunner. <laughs> Gunner and Jacoby. Gunner. Oh, God. Gunner Olszewski. 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 
think it's Ozuski. <laughs> you have to, you have to put the inflection on it too. Ozuski, Gunner, and maybe deeper leagues, dynasty leagues. Gunner is an intriguing player to me because it's really the only Julian Edelman league. light. Seriously, I mean, look, they, at, I look at Julian they Edelman. Him. They did the same thing. You know, they did the same thing with him. What? 10 years ago now or whatever it was. He kind of was in the background, like just kind of doing his thing. And then he turned into this, you know, PPR machine, especially for fantasy purposes, but just value to the team just kept going up and up and up. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, they, they drafted Braxton Barrios to be the same thing. And then hmm. was he on the jets now? <laughs> I don't even remember. He's not on the pass. Probably. I have no idea what he was on now. Yeah. Braxton Barrios. And, uh, the only other, I guess, big time news, uh, Alvin Kamara, kind of the unknowns of what's going to happen with him. Uh, BK, we were talking earlier. You think he's going to be signed by Friday? You're hoping. Really I should say you're hoping he's going to be signed. Of following that <laughs> news story, initially I see the report from I think it was Justine Anderson saying that oh the he hasn't been in practice for four days. The next report says no, they're open to trading him, and that, that all came really really fast. And then minutes later, yeah. they're like, oh, he's actually been in the building the whole time. They're working on track. They're to trading him if, if it doesn't work out. But that's not the first time that's happened. So I think, so I, we, I, think I think he'll be fine. We put him in another room. We gave him some coloring books, said, hey, you're here, but we don't want you to do any football activities. Like, yeah. until we get this contracting out, just sit here and just kind of do your own stuff. Yeah. I mean, he practiced today. So I think they'll be fine. See, Let's just have this be case in point of the media saying, hey, a source told me this. Well, who's your source? I don't have to tell you. And none of what I'm saying is true. But hey, at least you're clicking on my articles and reading what I have to say. Right. Sports Media 101. Yeah, when in doubt, sure. your source is anonymous. <laughs> is this thing I just made up catching fire? Uh, well, good. I mean, I, I was going to ask if you – see Kamara dropping in any drafts prior Absolutely. to a oh, contract. I heard a lot of panic for those few hours during that report. <laughs> Definitely a lot. I mean, even even for me, I I think I had a draft yesterday, but luckily it got moved. So that would have been interesting to see where he would have fallen amidst all the trade rumors or contract extension or whatever that would have turned into. But I'm glad, I'm glad that all worked out. Yeah. You you think you think it got moved? No, no, do you have like a four kicker team right. sitting somewhere? <laughs> I would say I, I clicked on. All of a sudden, I had this team full of players. I don't know what happened, but yeah. but I'm sure he would have dropped yesterday amidst all of all of that. Because I mean, if he goes to almost any other team, he's not necessarily the same player outside of going to Tampa. Mm-hmm. He's he, he he's, he's yeah. Which <laughs> maybe he will. Who knows? Well, I mean, yeah. Thank God. Right. But um. Yeah, outside no, of that, he's, maybe he's he not the same player. He's not going to catch as, as many passes on any other team. He's not going to 81. see as many. Yeah, exactly. He'll catch 81. <laughs> 81. Let's trade him for a package of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll just add add him. Just add him to the roster, because yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's what the we'll Bucs are doing. Shady apparently. and the second round pick back to New Orleans, and I'll crowd myself to sleep that night. Yeah, <laughs> I think as far as a, a dynamic backfield, like a what thirty eight year old Lashawn McCoy, <laughs> Latavius Murray. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, Andy Reid is like, we're just keeping Shady fresh, but it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping him fresh. Keeping him fresh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So again, today is our hot and cold episode. Uh, we are going to do our hot teams and our the teams that we have cooled on a little bit. But a quick question for you guys. Who is one player that maybe hasn't reached sleeper status or deep sleeper status, but a guy that you've kind of kept your eye on uh, throughout training camp that you've heard a lot of buzz about and somebody that's more intriguing for you as these days go on leading up to drafts? Gray, I'll start with you. So my, I, uh, I think Chris Thompson, I was already kind of like looking at him as kind of, I mean, still a sleeper because he's coming off an injury and like he never is able to make it through a season fully healthy, but at the same time, now, uh, the Jags are without Leonard Fournette. So not that Chris Thompson's not the guy who's going to take the ball three downs and going to do a lot of running between the tackles, but it still opens up a lot of touches for him. I mean, it's going to open up some some chances to carry the ball. It's going to open up more off just just the fact that sheer fact that he's going to be on the field and, you know, reuniting with Jay Gruden, who used him a ton in Washington. Um, I mean, Jake, you had him the year that you had him, what, two, two years ago, like where he broke out, but then got injured and then broke out, but then got injured. And so like he's, he's every had year that really he's good player. stretches. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> um, He's had really good stretches when he can when he can stay healthy, you know. But um, now with no Leonard Fournette, it just just out of sheer volume, he's going to get. I think he's he's going to be much higher. Yeah, I mean he's jumping up. If God willing, he could play sixteen games. He's the type of guy that can catch 75, 80 passes. I mean, and he's, oh yeah, he's a guy that we've seen it. He's taking screen passes to the house. I mean, he's a very intriguing, especially in a PPR league. He's a guy that. To call him a sleeper, I think that maybe if Leonard Fournette was still on the team, but he is one of those guys that he very well should be drafted in seventh, eighth round. And like I said, if he can play 16 games, the upside is just enormous in terms of how much he can do. Uh, Kev or Kev, anything to add on uh, Chris Thompson? Not really. Well, I'm... no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kev, y'all are still, still taking Fournette in the third round. So. That's true. They're like in my mind, Kev. Fournette is still a, a high upside player. <laughs> I, I you guys, I hey, listen. If you take him and he turns out to be just balls out with Brady, I am happy to be wrong. But all right, you, you take <laughs> you take Chris Thompson in the seventh. You have him. Go ahead, and he'll be injured week two, probably. But the thing with Chris Thompson, the thing with Chris Thompson, I'm not arguing his talent. He's great, but it's just his. I can't with his injuries. What does he gonna do that he hasn't already done? Nothing. Yeah. Is he gonna run the ball more, like on first and second down? No. No. Because he's he's five one and twenty pounds. That's not gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're talking people that are well outside of ours that could have could have big numbers here and there. Well, behind the. He, he's certainly going to have a uh, – probably get off to a hot start. I mean, he is 5'8", 194 pounds. So <laughs> pretty close to what I can't say. Yeah, same thing. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, I, Gray, I'm with you, man. I, I'm not expecting 16 games of gold with Chris Thompson, but if, you're, if you go into your draft understanding that you're going to have probably a solid RB2, especially in PPR, for the first four or five games and then kind of reassess, I'm with you, yeah. man. I, I like it. Uh, Kev Carb, five one twenty pounds. <laughs> it was it was close. That's like a 
It's like a, a the time like this world's skinniest human being. <laughs> this picture someone that's five one, but only twenty pounds. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your skeleton weighs more than that. <laughs> Probably. Uh, get it. Get it under control. Oh, uh, Kev okay. Carb, who is your player that you've kind of kept your eye on? Uh, mine is uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, he definitely would be considered a uh, not a sleeper because he's too far down the list. I know what you're all thinking. You know he's trash. He was supposed to be good last year. <clears throat> blah blah blah. Um, now listen, I'm not going to say that he's going to light up the league or anything, um, but. As a late-round flyer, I'd, I'd be fine with him. I mean, he's 6'4", 206 pounds. The guy's humongous. And Rodgers has been praising him all through camp. He's been saying, oh, he's, he's one of the better like guys that's kind of given me a lot of confidence. And when Rodgers trusts somebody, he likes to target them. That's just a proven fact with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he's going to take the number two spot back from Lazard. He was supposed to have that spot last year, and he kind of <clears throat> underwhelmed, obviously. Um, but I think he could he could take another step in his third year and uh, it's only his third year be, yeah, it's only his third year. <laughs> but yeah, he's a big dude, and I think he could if he could kind of get his shit together, he could he could do some some damage. Can we just talk about the fact that between MVS, Equanimeus St. Brown, and Al Lazard? Six four, six five, and six five. <laughs> yeah, big boys. Yeah, like they. Had I did not realize Alan Lazard was. I there. Yeah. They're all fast. I mean, Lazard yeah. was a tight end at one point. I don't know when he made the switch, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's the Packers have a problem that no other team, off the top of my head, really has. Where they're too big. They're, they have huge <laughs> receiving options, and never anybody that can consistently step up like. I mean, I agree with you, Kev. I mean, Valdez Scantling, like, he had a couple flash games and then just, you know, between well, injuries and the disappearing act, like. Yeah, his rookie year, he did, he had a good rookie year. Like, it wasn't great by any means, but it was a good rookie year that he should have built on from there. But last year, he, whatever it was, like you said, injuries or whatever was happening with the team, he just didn't, didn't take that next step. <clears throat> Do you have any concerns about pass volume? I mean, it seems like forever ago that Aaron Rodgers is supplying three, you know, top 26 wide receiver options. I mean, I do. I, I, there's a re I mean, I'm not drafting this guy in the 10th or higher, even the 12th or higher. Like he's a late round guy. Like I could take a shot on him because I, I, he has that size. He has that potential, but I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I'm throwing some <clears throat> low ball offer at him. I'm, I wouldn't. I, I. I'm hoping. What I was kind of saying was he has the opportunity maybe to get like 55 catches, five touchdowns, and seven to 800 yards. I think that's within the realm of possibilities for him. Um, just due to the fact that he, his rookie year, he had like half of that, and then his second year he kind of went downhill. But I think he could build on that in his third year. Yeah, I like it. I mean. Stranger things have happened out of that great bay. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, BK, who is your player that you've had your eye on throughout uh, training camp? 
So even, my player is Henry Ruggs, and this is even before Tyrell Williams went down, which obviously opens up even more of the Raiders' target share for him because he is now the clear number one on, on that team outside of Darren Waller, who for some reason only plays like half the snaps on that team regardless. <laughs> but Too few is what you mean. Yeah, Too few snaps. Seriously. But this guy, I mean, he's obviously fast. Everybody knows that. He ran like a four flat 40 because he was just that guy. <laughs> Clearly an exaggeration. But this guy is coming into the league a much better route runner than his comparison of Tyreek Hill. And I think that definitely puts him on track to have a pretty good rookie year as long as Derek Carr knows how to throw the ball. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, that, is, that is probably the one thing holding him back. Derek Carr actually has a good, accurate season, then this kid should, should be lights out. I mean, he's the number one option as a rookie, and then rookies have got, have had some pretty good success over the last few years. So there's there's no reason that he shouldn't have a thousand yards and a decent touchdowns his rookie year. Like it, man. Uh, my player that I've kept my eye on throughout most of training camp, uh, Lavisca Chenault Jr. Uh, Lakeisha Chenault Jr. is great. Very eloquently says. It's not. A, I don't even think it's a real person. Uh, you could be making this up. I had no idea. Draft in the second rounds uh, by the Jags. I he's one of those guys. He intrigued me from the beginning because he didn't have a ton of collegiate production. You look over the course of his three years. He he wasn't one of those guys that was putting up you know fifteen hundred receiving yards each year and a zillion touchdowns. But he's one of those guys. That he, they always used him in such a variety of ways between catching the ball and running the ball. I mean, I believe last year his yards per carry, and albeit a small sample size, but he still, he ran a seven yards per carry. He's built almost identically to Todd Gurley, which is why, and I'm not saying this with 100% certainty, he's not going to be the guy that just comes in and takes those that bell cow, you know, I'm going to take 270 carries like Leonard Fournette did. But he is one of those guys that intrigues me in how exactly they plan on using him. He can catch the ball. Again, he's rushed out of the backfield. He's played the Wildcat. Doesn't always translate well to the pros, uh, a la uh, Denard Robinson. Remember him? The, the quote-unquote weapon. offensive weapon. <laughs> yeah. uh, but aside from being a little little banged up that he got in camp, he is one of those guys I've definitely kept my eye on. I have him in Dynasty. Uh, I know you guys aren't probably so <laughs> so inclined to know a ton about him because he is one of those guys that, that he'd gotten some praise from – uh, mustache mania earlier in camp. And especially right now, there's no one else in Jaguars camp. That's really shown any flash other than DJ Chark. So he's one of those guys that I've, I've really kept my eye on. Maybe that number two spot, or again, taking some, some carries out of the backfield. Don't they still have a DD Westbrook over there? They do. So his, mm-hmm. he has an injured shoulder. Of course. Uh, He's 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 missed most of the camp. So and big, Keelan big, Cole, big yeah, he's he's you know, he's been there forever. Yeah, and he's he another like one of the good games. Yes, one of them being against the Pats. Yeah. Sad, but you know, it, just one of those teams that their offensive makeup is such a question mark now. And he's the type of player that I think, you know, those those guys that are these quote unquote offensive weapons that they play a zillion positions that doesn't always translate well to the pros if they can't focus on one specific thing. But he is one of those guys. He's 6'1", 227. That's a big dude. Yeah. So if he's coming out of the backfield, he runs a 4, 540, you know, which is amazing to me. that He's not really known for his blazing speed, which is 0.2, 
seconds <laughs> difference from people that are like known as lightning rods. They runs a four three forty. It's it's always kind of a crapshoot with the forty times. But again, it, it, late round flyer, one of those guys that by week four, if he's done nothing, drop him, move on. Thoughts? <clears throat> I know nothing about him, so I'm out. <laughs> LaVisca. That all, sounded, right that all sounded great, but that's literally all I know about him now. <laughs> yeah. so like I, don't know, I don't know yeah. too much about the Jags offense outside of they've got a lot, like outside of Jark, they just have a lot of the same tier guys. And him being a rookie, I guess, it that may make it harder for him to break through and see more snaps over the other guys who have been there for a few more years as long as they're healthy. But, I mean... I don't know. Who's the Jags coach nowadays? I have, I have no idea who is even. Is it still Marone? Is it still Marone? Marone. Wow. Yeah. Well, if they were the Browns, they would have cut him like six years ago or whatever. <laughs> Probably. The year, the year after they hired him, they would have been like, well, you suck. Get out of yeah. here. They would have, yeah, they would have cut him and then started the Ball Boys, the new coach. Got yeah. it. Would have got Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Jags might just air it up this year since now that they've got no one to actually. The ball off to outside of Chris Dobson. Uh, no, Reich Ron Armstead, Ron 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 whom, whom I'll, whom I'll, talk, whom I'll yeah. talk about later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might just air it out. I mean, they're going to be losing every game anyway, so they might just yeah. air it out from start to finish. Gardner Minshew so. throws for 17,000 yards this year. And they still go 0-16. <laughs> yes. yes. You, go, you go 0-16, you bring in Trevor Lawrence, and look at that, it's a brand-new Jags team. <laughs> we, oh, they'll blow it. We hope. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a way to, to mess that up. They'll win week 17 and they'll get the third pick of the draft. <laughs> <They'll, laughs> yeah. And they'll, they'll get like, like the first overall pick and take like a defensive end or something. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the Jags. So, speaking of cold teams, uh, but we will get right into our hot and cold team segment. So, Gray, you were uh, hot on which team this year? Indy. Indianapolis. Um, I don't know necessarily that I am I, – I don't know how they're going to do, like, from a win-loss perspective. They, they have a pretty good team on paper. You know, whether or not Phillip Rivers had a rough – he had a rough season last year. Um, but it was a little – it was kind of uncharacteristically rough for him. So, you, I kind of wonder whether or not that was – you know, an outlier year. Not that, not that he's, you know, Philip Rivers of five years ago, but whether, you know, he's not going to throw the ridiculous amount of interceptions like he did last year, but you know, he still has a, he still has a solid base there. T Y is still, is still going to get it done for, I mean, not to, you know, what he was again, three, four years ago, but he's still got a pretty good, um, pretty good base there. He has a history of having backs to catch the ball in the backfield for a lot of catches. He's always had it in San, San Diego, Los Angeles, wherever the hell they've been. Um, <laughs> you know, it was Darren Sproles, and then it was, um, well, Eckler recently. I don't know who who is in the middle. Oh, Danny Woodhead was in there. That's right. Danny Woodhead was in there. I mean, he's always supported a back that catches the ball out of the backfield. So I, I could see, like, a scenario, and neither Naeem, uh, excuse me, neither Marlon Mack nor Jonathan Taylor really catch the ball. So, like, Naeem Hines could have a big year, especially for, like, PPR leagues and, you know, to a lesser extent, but still 
half PPR leagues. Naeem Hines could have a pretty solid year because Philip Rivers has always supported somebody out of the backfield that can catch the ball. Um, and let me – I haven't actually talked about this before, but if I can, take two seconds and explain why I actually think that the hamstring injury – and actually because Kev brought it up a little bit before – I actually think the hamstring injury, like, is a hamstring injury good? No. But the fact that he has that hamstring injury, T.Y. Hilton, or has had the hamstring, actually could mean that maybe he hasn't completely lost a step. In order to get, like, from, like, a strength and conditioning standpoint, and that's what I mean, I haven't touched on this stuff before, in order to get those types of injuries, you still have to be able to produce, create, and have to control power, speed. That's why a lot of these guys that, you know, once they slow down, they may get other injuries, you know, foot injuries, other soft tissues, but those hamstrings tend to only happen consistently to the guys that can create some serious speed. So, I mean, I could see T.Y. having a pretty decent year on top of the other things that I've talked about. We know Jonathan Taylor is rising to everybody's boards. We know Marlon Mack is probably going to have at least a few good weeks to start unless Frank Wright comes completely out of the box with something none of us is expecting. But I think they could have some pretty solid fantasy uh, producers this year. Yeah, I mean, the, just touching on Jonathan Taylor real quick, I won't gush about him any more than I already have in previous episodes. But today, Philip Rivers described him as uh, reminding him of Michael Turner, which it seems like forever ago. But the burner Ooh, had – Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, he had some <laughs> phenomenal seasons. And that's that's a pretty good comparison to begin as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, you know, I, Paris Campbell, you know, Jack Doyle, these guys, they're they're not getting as much buzz. I think they're really have the potential to come in and be kind of those guys you can take in the late round and could produce a lot better than their ADP right now. Yep, and I, I'm pretty big on Michael Pittman Jr. too. I mean, they it's been a while since they've had they. I can't even remember when they the last time they had like a consistent second wide receiver. Uh, I mean, I was was literally (laughs) just going to say, to me, it's all the way back to Reggie Wayne. Like, they've never had that second wide receiver. And, you know, I said T.Y. could still – I don't necessarily believe that T.Y. has completely lost it. But he is – he is. if you were to, like, draw a scale, he is closer to the end than the beginning of his career. You know, Michael Pittman Jr. could be the – could be the, you know, heir apparent. In that in that offense, he's a big dude, and yeah, you know, depending on how much you put into this, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, DeForest Buckner, I mean, those are a couple key additions to their defense. I mean, they they have some serious playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. <clears throat> if you know the Colts for defense special teams is you know a potentially streaming option and even a starting option for fantasy, I think that they're going to be an interesting team in terms of turnovers and turnover capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to Kev Carboneau, uh, who is the team you are hot on this year? Uh, the Steelers. Um, the reason being is because, I mean, Big Ben's coming back. I mean, they're going to be the Steelers of old. They've, they're going to do what they've always done when he comes back. I don't, I don't see a year off for Ben being as much of a hindrance as some people may. Um, I mean, he's obviously better than, uh, you know, Duck Hodges <laughs> mm. and, uh, and, and the permanently concussed Mason Rudolph. 
<laughs> you, you know, because he got his squash knocked in by Miles Garrett. <laughs> I mean, Big Ben's got to be a little better than that. Um, but the talent level is still there. I mean, Juju is still so young, and he's just developing every year. And, I mean, last year he had a down year, but that was because of those guys throwing to him. Now he has Big Ben back. Um, I, I've never been a huge Big Ben fan, to be honest with all of you guys, but he's, he's – I mean, the numbers don't lie. He can create number one receivers. When Antonio Brown and Juju were on the same team, they were both wide receiver ones. If he can't make Juju a wide receiver one, I'd be very surprised. Like a a solid wide receiver one, I'd be very surprised. Um, And I mean, James Conner's still there. If he can stay healthy, he's he's an effective back. He's proven it a couple of years, anyways. Um, And then without Ben, they were eight and eight. They almost made playoffs, so they're going to be a good team in general. And I think their schedule definitely is a good. Uh, indication of that they have the second easiest schedule uh, based on last year's team numbers um, going into this year I mean really it with Ben back it it benefits Juju benefits Connor and it it benefits Deontay Johnson as well I think Deontay Johnson could take a step up Um, do do I think he could be a WR1 no do I think he could be a serviceable WR2 yeah I think he could be Um, and really that's that's where I'm at with with these guys. <laughs> it is insane to me how terrible that offense was, and they still were in the playoff hunt up until the last game. The last game. I mean, that's just how game. good that defense was. They were exactly. unreal last year. And they'll be better with Big Ben because they won't be on the field as much. Mm-hmm. Crazy the transformation when Minka was traded to them. I mean, oh, it's just seriously. like – Night and day different. And – I don't know if that's just to test how good Minka is as a defensive leader too, but I mean, Kev, I agree that the the one thing that is the biggest question mark for me is we haven't seen Juju maintain consistency WR1 numbers without Antonio Brown. And I feel like True. that might be the, the question mark of how much of a leap does Deontay Johnson make? Does it put Juju into that <clears> next <throat> tier to say, I can produce consistent WR1 numbers with somebody not named Antonio Brown? Right, well, he's and I, one I agree. game to do that. Didn't Big Ben get hurt in the first game last year? Yes, he did. It was against yeah. the Pats. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first game he's like, yeah. "Oh, I don't have an arm left." So I got. <laughs> so, I mean, he hasn't really had the chance yet. I mean, outside of right. outside of the games where AB was there, but he was injured. Like he hasn't really had that opportunity. To uh, and those games too. he did very well. I, I want to say yeah. he had the two years ago or three, whatever it was at this point, when Antonio Brown was there and had those injury games. I think Juju did step up and have really decent games, if I remember correctly. Because yeah. um, I had him on my team, I think. And he really just killed it <laughs> the, for that whole season. Now, for, in terms of, I, I guess, tight end sleepers, maybe streamers, does Eric Ebron kind of tickle anybody's fancy? For sure, yeah. That's, I, I, I think it's somebody that you could stream. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily see him as a week-to-week starter. I don't think he reproduces the crazy touchdown numbers that he had before when he was in was it Indy last year? I don't think yes. I don't think you see that again. But I think it's somebody you could stream matchup wise for sure. I mean just off of talent alone. It's anything it's a any tight end against the Arizona Cardinals or the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, that, was <laughs> that happens this year. I don't know if they play each other, but we'll make it happen. Right. 
Uh, BK, who is the team that you are hot on this year? My team is the Denver Broncos. So last year they finished, I believe, seven, seven and nine. And that was with uh, no. Joe Flacco getting hurt in like week. It was pretty early on. I don't remember what, what, what week it was, but he got hurt pretty early in, in, into the season, I believe. And Drew Locke came in as a rookie and didn't overwhelm everybody, but did just enough to keep the team afloat. I mean, and 7-9 isn't a terrible finish considering you're playing Kansas City twice. A uh, pretty decent Chargers team last year and a feisty Raiders team, actually. I think I feel like everyone else finished at 7-9 outside of the Chiefs. So that being said, they've made a lot of additions to this offense. I mean, you've got you've got Noah Fant coming back in the second year. He should take a huge step this year, considering him and Drew Locke should have a lot more chemistry than they did last year. You bring back Cortland Sutton, who had a very productive year last year. You draft a guy. You, you draft two guys: uh, Jerry Judy, who's arguably the best receiver in the draft, and a guy KJ Hamler, who is an absolute burner. Yes, he's tiny, but he is someone that can take the top off of the defense in one play. So you combine that with the fact that they still have Philip Lindsay, and oh yeah, they added Melvin Gordon to probably have the best tandem backfield in the NFL. So if Drew Locke can keep this team afloat, there's no reason that this offense couldn't absolutely explode. That I, I completely agree. That is, I think, the biggest question mark is can Drew Locke put it together for a full season? Yeah, I mean, I think, and their defense was was great last year. They they still have Von Miller. They've got Bradley Chubb come coming back. I, I believe he got hurt last year. So yeah, so they've got him coming back. They added a one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the NFL in uh, Jarrell Casey. That will absolutely help anchor that defensive line. That guy has been a stud his entire career, and that and an addition like that just goes unnoticed. So there's no reason this this team can't get to nine ten wins. I mean, they finished. They they had they lost so many close games last year. So many close games to start this season. I just, I see. Sounds like my fantasy team. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a great point. Yeah. I mean, fantasy wise, it's going to be tough to figure out the running backs. I believe Mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon will end up being the more productive back just based off the fact that I think he is a better back and they definitely didn't pay him that much money to come in and back up uh, (laughs) Phillip. Yeah, no. Um, there's just so many opportunities for all of these young guys. I mean, and, and they're all super young. There's so many opportunities for all of these young young guys to either take that leap or just continue what they've been doing. I mean, there's so much talent on that offense. That's a tough division. I mean, the Chargers, especially yeah, the Chargers defense, got so much better too. I mean, they minus, minus everyone getting hurt. Yeah, so that that that's. A- yeah, Terry getting hurt, that did not help them at all. But, I mean, you lose Chris Harris, you gain A.J. Bouye. I mean, it's – Chris Harris, I think, is, has forever been – I don't know if underrated, but just one of those guys that he's never talked about as one yeah. of the best corners in the league. But he he is one of the best corners yeah, in the but league. He, but he has been. <laughs> right. Now, the two biggest question marks that I have for you guys, no offense – He's going anywhere between the 10th and the 12th round. If you have – you've kind of punted the, the tight end position, do you feel comfortable starting no offense for 16 games? I mean, I'd, I'd punt it at the – yeah. 
let's say if I punted at the tight end position, I probably would be okay. Be okay would be the the uh, appropriate term there. Starting, I'm not excited, not yeah, thrilled, but he's just okay because so he's like, right. He's <laughs> he's gonna have some breakout terrible. games, and I would think theoretically, if you've unless you've drafted like complete dog shit. If you punted on that tight end position, then you probably have a decently deep team that you should be getting points from other places. And when he blows up, which I'm sure he'll have a few big blow-up games this year, unless he just comes out and completely astonishes everybody, the, those are going to put you well over the top. Yeah, The Broncos are a very it's, interesting team offensively this year. One of those, yeah. like, nobody you're like, I am so happy that I got – Cortland Sutton as my WR2, even though he very well could be a stud WR2. I mean, he'll be the number one option on that team, and he had a great rookie year. There's no – I think – Is this his second or third year? I I don't remember. Yeah, so – I think their running backs are are really a tough – really one of the tougher things to judge on that team just because of the new situation and what's going to happen because Philip Lindsay is a productive back and Melvin Gordon obviously is a productive back as well. I mean, they could be, they could do exactly what the Chargers guys did last year with Gordon. With Eckler. Eckler. Yeah. I mean, I could hundred percent right. see that happening. That's what I see as well. Um, but I don't, I don't know if Philip Lindsay as, is as effective as a pass catcher as Austin Eckler is. So it's I, kind no, of, it's not, a, not many backs are. Right. Funny. So it's <laughs> right. So it's kind of a tricky thing because they were used in such different ways yeah. versus now Philip Lindsay. I think he's also Lindsay. a better runner, though. I think he's also a better runner than he is. So he might just get more carries than Eckler did. Right, right. But then that digs into Melvin Gordon's carries. So it's, you know, it's uh, a, yeah, it's, it's tough, tough one. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. I think you're not going to have to worry about Royce Freeman because my projection is. <laughs> is he still the Broncos? He is. is Royce to 5'9". <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to get traded to. If I had to guess, I'm going to throw out the Eagles, the Jags, the Jags, Tampa, the Jags. Back, I think that's one. <laughs> all, always Tampa. Um, yeah, I think Cor- Cortland Sutton had 1,100 yards last year. Like, yeah, Cortland yeah. Sutton was Why good. Not? Yeah, yeah. He did not connect with Drew Locke well last year. Yeah, though. that's what I was going to. That's the yeah. only thing. Yeah. yeah, he he tailed off towards the end of the year as soon as Drew Locke came in to start to be more productive. More production from Drew Locke meant less production from Cortland Sutton, which makes absolutely no sense. Somehow, but, yeah. You're spreading the ball around, right? Yeah, Ma- maturing I mean, is... I mean, they won their last few games, so, I mean, that's that, that was probably part of it, not force-feeding this second-year wideout. Maybe. I don't think Drew Locke has lost as a starter, has he? I think he played, what, four or five games? Four, yeah. And they won their last two, I know that, so I'm assuming they probably lost the one before that. I know he was definitely over 500. I don't remember what his final record was. I'm waiting for one of our Broncos fan listeners to be screaming into their You're right. Like, Drew Locke is the real deal. He's undefeated. He's going to stay that way forever. Yeah. Same thing was supposed to happen. Maybe our Irish. Remember that? Maybe our Irish <laughs> yeah. listener is a Broncos fan. Yeah. Shout out to Ireland if you're still listening. Right. You didn't <laughs> listen to us by mistake. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> So, and my team this year that I am absolutely hot on may surprise you, gentlemen. It is the Detroit Lions. Gross. Mm, yep, that does surprise <laughs> me. But yep, here, gross. Now, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying the Detroit Lions are going to be one of those teams that blows everybody away offensively. What I am saying, though, is in terms of fantasy, you're going to have – I'll throw 
four, maybe five consistent Ooh, that's players. That's a, that's that a seems lot. like a lot. That seems like a lot. <laughs> But put it by position. Number one, Matthew Stafford. If he plays 16 games, he I'm projecting him over 5,000 yards. I'm not certainly not projecting with 38 touchdowns that he was on pace for last year. No, but know. I had a tough time because I had I was picking between a couple teams, and I went back and I watched Kenny Galladay's film from last year. Even with just shit quarterbacks throwing the ball, he is an amazing wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. His ceiling in my this is. Maybe more so my opinion, but if you add, st- you know, statistically what Stafford was doing and what he was doing before Stafford went hurt, uh, got got hurt and went out, Galde was close to the WR two. That, in my opinion, is his ceiling, his absolute ceiling. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden, you know, usurp Michael Thomas as the number one. But in terms of if he can flirt with fifteen hundred yards and he, you know, is a touchdown machine, making just absurd catches. It, he is one of those players I am the most excited about. As I've talked about in previous uh, shows of being more underrated, Marvin Jones, always. I think he's going to be, again, if he can stay healthy, a consistent WR3 for your team. The biggest question marks I have are the two running backs, Carryon Johnson being the presumed starter. People forget because DeAndre Swift went to the crappy Lions. He was one of the top-rated collegiate running backs in this draft. He's one of those guys that if he can stay healthy, again, he's hurt right now. If he can get healthy and produce, he could be the final answer to what they've always wanted to be. And then they run first team. You know, Stafford's not going to have to zing the ball 50 yards downfield a hundred times. Do you guys, with all that said, do you find any sort of interest in TJ Hawkinson the way that you do in Noah Fant or Hayden Hurst, one of that tier of tight end? No, T.J. Hawkinson broke my heart last no. year, so absolutely not. <laughs> no, he had one or two, what was it? One. The first two weeks, one. He, was it one one, one, week? one yeah. game? He had a killer week, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, we need him!" And we spent yeah. eight thousand dollars on him in our fab budget, yes. and then and he was, yeah, was I the worst. That exact thing because I, yeah. I needed a tight end, and I was like, "This is the one." I'm, I'm you know, I'm set. I'm set, I'm set and, for oh, the year. God. <laughs> you know, they played week one too. Was it was it the Cardinals? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, I will say I, I, he's not one of those guys that I have even ranked in my top 10, but don't be surprised just based on athletic ability alone. And if Stafford, again, everything, it, it seems like kind of a crapshoot at this point with health, but between injuries and COVID and all the other stupid things that 2020 has brought us, I wouldn't be surprised if TJ Hawkinson sneaks into the top 10. I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford for a QP sneaks into the top eight, top seven, even, you know, just based on passing volume alone. Yeah. I mean, Stafford definitely wouldn't surprise me. Hawkinson would absolutely surprise me. I got my fingers crossed. Bold predictions. That'll be for another show. But Detroit, mark it down. They will not disappoint for your fantasy leagues. Kenny G, back half of the. 12-team leagues, take them in the first round, maybe on the flip, and you will not be disappointed. Count it. On to our cold cooling on teams. Gray, who are you cooling on for this season? Cold, cold, ice cold. Jets. (laughs) And it's mainly, it's honest to God, it's it's one reason. It's Adam fucking Gates. (laughs) 
butthole game. Or it's the I, Jets. That's the best. Yeah. The Jets are good at Jets. It's funny that the worst – to me, it's he's worse than the Jets, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like, I, I think I that Adam Gase is, is – right, I know, that's a little confusing to follow, but I think you get what I mean. I think Adam Gase is – Somewhat quietly, the worst coach in the NFL. I mean, like, we joke about it, but he has, like, tenure, so I don't feel like a lot of people feel that way. But I feel like he is – you know, there are a lot other underrated coaches in the league, but I think he's the worst because he's the, he's the coach that – he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And, and I mean, like <laughs> – yeah, Right, right, exactly. Like – you know what? I we just signed or no, sorry, I didn't sign this Levian Bell guy. Frank, get over here. Frank, ninety five year old Frank Gore, who is apparently now gonna be eating into touches from the running back that they're paying twenty nine million a year to, who's significantly better. They're like, Robbie Anderson, we don't need you. Rashad Perriman has been a bust his entire career except for the last three games where <laughs> where Jameis Winston is throwing it, either throwing it 60 yards or interception. It's a 50-50 shot. He's basically playing 500 out there for the second half of the season. <laughs> and, and just like I, that, that team, I can't understand how that team is not going to be awful. Donald's been decent for, for what he's had. I mean, when he's not out kissing high school girls, apparently. But like... It's a problem, dude. He got, got auto at the problem. Uh, and right. missed half the season. <laughs> I would just want to point out that when Adam Gates, this is from December of last year, I remember when this happened, I laughed as hard as I possibly could have, just the fact that this is real life. Adam Gates, when talked about uh, criticism from the media, I'm rich as fuck. That's a direct quote. <laughs> it goes on to say, Sean Payton Light, and relax. <laughs> relax <laughs> and i quote not from a coaching standpoint just from a fucking arrogant he says and i quote my give a shit meter is pretty low when it comes to uh criticism from the media although when it comes to that i <laughs> agree with him i mean my my you, meter is pretty low when it comes to the media as well but i mean his, yeah his and it shows in his coaching yeah. <laughs> yeah coming from a guy who has coached a consistently terrible team who yeah. has had how many top ten picks in the past decade, and somehow they can never still, still can <laughs> never get out of their own way. They're bringing you know really high, just elite style wide receivers like Rashard Perriman, right? And who he was a top for. pick in 2013. He was a first round pick. You're right. Yeah, and but I don't think it was actually 2013. But I don't, it wasn't. It was a bit ago. It was, it was a bit on, ago. He's been he's on, he's what, been like five or four different teams? Something like that. Yeah. A hundred yeah, different teams. And, and he's done teams. nothing on all of them. <laughs> yep. It is funny because he did show that flash with the Bucks last year and goes to the Jets. And, I mean, really, is there anyone outside of Jameson Crowder that you are – I mean, I'd say – and I only – I don't mean that you can't draft Le'Veon Bell. But with Le'Veon Bell, you're going to get the headache of the timeshare with Frank Gore, which Adam Butthole has been – pretty vocal about using only today to say we need to use Le'Veon Bell more as a pass catcher, which is something that he's been doing for his whole career. That's all like, like, duh. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You know, sky blue says captain, obvious. Like (laughs) it's, it's one of those things that you can't use your players with their skill set. If you don't seem to know what their skill set (laughs) is. 
Apparently, he's just right. now figuring out that Le'Veon Bell can catch the football. Yeah, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, he's good at football. Oh, who would have known? You know, and and again, I I don't mean that you can't draft Le'Veon Bell. I'm not drafting Le'Veon Bell in the third, fourth round flip, which is where his ADP is right now. Pass. I am, however, Jamison Crowder in the eighth, ninth round. You know, yeah, that's fine. There's not too many players that have a almost guaranteed floor. Brandon passes a game. Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not going to be you know super pumped, but there's going to be games where you're Jamison Crowder getting you ten catches for sixty five yards, or ten catches right. for six yards, <laughs> which has definitely happened, which happened last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not – there's not a whole lot of confidence in any of those other Jets players. Chris Herndon was another uh, sleeper type. Yeah, well, he's a out. sleeper dart throw guy. He's been a sleeper but... for like two years now. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He was sleeping. That's the problem. <clears throat> Didn't he get hurt like the first day of practice after there was so much yeah. hype of him coming back? And he's like, oh, I'm yeah. not going There was something stupid that happened too. It was like – like turf toe. He was I, – I can't remember. Something <laughs> stupid like he came back. And they wouldn't play him, and then he—I don't—I don't remember. Something dumb happened. They went on the IR with Jets, like probably <laughs> something something Jets. A broken heart. He has a broken heart. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, Kev. Who is the team that you are? You have cooled on. If uh, well, I haven't well. cooled on them. I've been very chill on them the whole time. The Jaguars are um, not a very good team. Uh, they just traded their. They're arguably their best weapon aside oh, from DJ him. Shark. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, they got rid of him. He's gone. Um, but they do, however, have Ryquell Armstead, uh, <laughs> who he has a three point one yards per carry on his on his illustrious career. So that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and they didn't really do much as far as adding anybody this off season to really inspire any confidence. Love um, they, they Eifert, but like, <clears throat> who who cares? He's gonna be injured. He's gonna be injured in like a, a, a day. He yeah. will be injured in a day. His back is going. He shouldn't play football anymore. I, I just <laughs> for his safety, I feel as if he should not play football anymore. Him and yeah. uh, um, the guy on the Forty Niners now. Guy. Yeah, he's on, he's, he's on the Niners. Yeah, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Yeah. yeah, he should not play football anymore. Yeah. Hang but it hey, up, some, some, somebody. Hang it up. Him. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about so, sleeper tight ends that have been sleepers for, I don't know, five years? Eifert always, always, always seems to be that guy. Well, because yeah, for I the mean, one game, he'll score six touchdowns and then right. he'll go on IR. Right. <laughs> he's super talented. I mean, when he played on for the Bengals, he was t- super talented. He yeah. always had that ability to go off, but he never could yeah. because he was always yeah. on the bench. Yeah, his only so, problem was his injuries. Right now, I'm sure that's not changing overnight. Right. So, I mean, that being said, I I love DJ Chark this year. Um, I mean, Gardner Minshew as a QB two, I love him (laughs) in those two QB leagues. I love Gardner Minshew just as a person. (laughs) Most people do. His swag is intoxicating. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, aside from those guys, there's not really much going on on that team that I'd want to touch. Gardner's hair, I just saw an interview with him from a couple days ago. His <laughs> hair, he looks like a karate instructor. Like, it's, it. it's phenomenal. Love it. 
something I, I I don't know how any grown man can pull that off, but good on him. Uh, the last time Eifert was fantasy relevant was 2015, the year he scored 13 touchdowns. Yep, that's, that that's, sounds that, right. That seems legit. Yep. So BK, who is the team that you have called on? Well, I think I've harped on this team quite a few times over the few episodes, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals, who I I just hate so much. <laughs> so, so much. Now we've got again. I think I've said this before: a rookie quarterback with no off season, no training camp. I mean, no real, no preseason. He's got his training camp, of course, but it's it, it's weird. They don't even have like scrimmages with with other teams. There's no preseason. He's a rookie. It's, He's just going out there and getting thrown to the wolves. He's got no quarterback competition because their second quarterback is Ryan Finley, who's probably thrown two passes in his entire career. So, I mean. And he's been in the league for 20 years. (laughs) He's got no one to push him. So, he's just going to get thrown out there no matter what. You've got A.J. Green, of course, who has been in the league for 20 years, and he hasn't played it for the last five. So, true. Is that going to change this year with a rookie throwing him the ball? Probably not. He's probably going to get some hospital balls. Let's be honest. Rookie quarterbacks have been known to get some people hurt trying to fit some ball into a tight window that they shouldn't be doing, and then next thing you know, somebody's getting carted off the field. Tyler Board, I think, will will be good this year. I'm I'm pretty confident Tyler Board playing in the slot will. Be good because rookies, I mean, their first read is normally tight end slot. Then they look outside. I mean, it's directly in front of them. So hopefully Boyd being at this point in everyone's career is their best receiver, period, should be his first look. So I think he'll still replicate whatever he did last year. Agreed. Uh, he's got no tight yep. end. He's got CJ Uzama. Uzama. Yeah. So, no. That's Mason not- Trek. <laughs> Who? I'm sorry. Mason. <laughs> Mason Strang. Seethan. 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 Yeah. yeah. yeah we have guy. talked about Seethan Carter more times than Seethan Carter's parents have talked about <laughs> Seethan Carter. Seethan. Almost as much as Reggie Begleton. Almost. Yeah. I totally forgot about Seethan. That is amazing. Uh, it was it was his birthday the other day. Mr. Happy Begleton, Reggie Begleton. We missed yeah. you. Yeah. Seven. Oh, it's Begleton. <laughs> Reggie yeah. Begleton. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Shout out to Reggie. Happy belated birthday, yeah, Reggie. Yeah, happy belated birthday, <laughs> Reggie. Expect big things out of you. We hope we hope to get you on the show someday. I would love that more than life itself. <laughs> now, BK, let me ask you. So Joe Burrow, he is one of the best rookie quarterbacks to come out in, in quite some time. I mean, the, the dude is an absolute lights out collegiate yeah. quarterback, especially senior year. Absolutely. Do you think he is going into something that a lot of other rookie quarterbacks don't have, the luxury of he's got a fully loaded wide receiver core? Do you... But he's got a really – outside of Boyd, he's got a really injury-prone wide receiver core. I mean, John, also, Ross, John Ross is guaranteed to get hurt because he always does. A.J. Green is guaranteed to get hurt because he always does. Tyler Boyd has been nicked up a few times, but he's pretty durable. It is interesting that – then out of all those guys, Auden Tate has been the one getting the most uh, praise for. Which is, yeah, which, which is surprising, considering they also drafted T. Higgins, who I actually loved in, in yeah. college. And I, was, I was hoping he would get a lot more reps and praise. But Auden Tate is a really, really big target. He's a large six, five. He's a, he's a big 
and he was one of those guys when AJ went down, or I say went down, when he didn't play at all last year. On Tate did have some, yeah. some good flash games. <laughs> he, he was a very good red zone target uh, for really crappy quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon. Who played after Andy Dalton? Who, who was your quarterback again? I literally don't remember. Uh, Ryan Finley. Um, oh, he played. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> That's Burroughs' competition. There you go. <laughs> but Joe Mixon getting the four uh, year. <laughs> Forty-eight million dollar extension. Yep, I know your feelings for Joe Mixon. Uh, <laughs> it's just here's my thing with 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 Joe Mixon. Like, yes, the offense will be improved from last year, which isn't saying much. But he had almost three hundred carries last year with no quarterback, so he was the focal point of the like he was the offense. It was the Joe Mixon show. He's not going to get as much of a workload this year. I mean, it's not like he was putting up, you know, I, I, I don't believe he was a top five back last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Joe he was not was no. a top five well, back. So he was a being said, like getting, RB 13. Yeah. So, I mean, he might catch more passes because there's going to be a lot more check downs coming from more. I mean, granted coming from Ryan Finley, he's probably checking down more than Joe Burrow will, as a matter of fact. But he might catch some more passes just because Joe Burrow's a, a, a better quarterback. But he's not going to get as many carries. I don't see him getting as many overall touches as he did last year. I mean, he, uh, again, was the show last year. So I don't think he has as good of a year as he did last year. There's nothing to me is telling me he's going to outperform what he did last year. If he replicates... 1,100 yards, I, I think agree with you. Even if he catches 15 more balls, so he's at 50 receptions, I mean, that puts him probably the RB9 in total points. Are you disappointed if you're taking Joe Mixon in the second round with an RB9 finish? I, mean, I guess it depends, on where, I just, it depends on where he gets drafted. Because he's, 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 I definitely think he's getting overdrafted more than he's getting underdrafted. That's just from what I've seen personally. Mm-hmm. So with, with that being said, I think if you finish with that, you would be disappointed. Because more often than not, that's your, that's your RB1. Chances are you don't have another guy ahead of him. If he, if he, if he is overdrafted, of course. But just, 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 just as a whole, I don't see that many guys producing on this offense. I mean, there's no way Joe Burrow is going to be a fantasy quarterback. If if someone is starting Joe Burrow, they're really in trouble. <laughs> they, are, they are really hurt. <laughs> so QB, I like throw that out, out the window. Wide receivers, one, maybe two tops if AJ Green stays healthy, and then you've got a low end RB one. I don't really see a lot of fantasy output coming from Cincinnati. And their defense is absolutely atrocious. They they yeah, did nothing. Real bad. They did absolutely nothing to improve an atrocious defense and an atrocious offensive line. So Burrow's gonna get, get knocked around. He's <laughs> gonna be getting knocked around. Poor poor bastard. I love Joe Burrow. I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I could be completely eating my words in a few weeks if Joe Burrow comes out and lights <laughs> up the this lights up the league as a rookie. I mean, it has happened. I mean, I, I think we didn't Cam in his first start have like 400 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, yes, something it's like that. Yeah. yeah, So like, it could happen. He could come out and just light the league on fire. Doubtful. In my opinion, <laughs> it could happen. I, I love Joe Burrow, so I would love for it to happen. But I you don't see both. it happening. Yeah. Sorry, Bengals. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on real quick, my team that I, I'm not going to say I was cooling on them because I've been ice cold on them from the beginning, uh, the Miami Dolphins. 
I cannot see many scenarios where there are too many fantasy relevant players on this team. The one that I've really had high hopes for is Devontae Parker. I hope I hoped that the breakout from last year was real. Ryan Fitzpatrick almost certainly starting at least the first half of the season. Uh, he had a lot of chemistry with Parker and made Parker a WR1 last year. There are so many strange notes coming out of Dolphins camp that Devontae Parker is injured, but no one seems to know what the injury is. Yeah, Brian Flores come in saying, hey, we want him to come back. We want him to be healthy. We're trying to get him healthy, trying to get him back out there. He's been on doing like individual drills or he's been on an exercise bike for what seems like the past week and a half. I'm not sitting there with a ton of confidence in Devontae Parker to be ready for week one. Hopefully that changes and we're all pleasantly surprised he's healthy again. But do you see, I mean, Preston Williams coming back, he's another very large receiver that had a productive few games to start the season before getting hurt. Yeah, Mike is sick. It was. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't see Mike Gesicki really taking a step. I mean, he could. I, I, don't. I don't. If it's Parker, Williams, and Gesicki as pass catchers, I don't see all three of them having any sort of consistency. And I like to get off to a hot start, and I like consistency. I don't want to have to try to match up where those guys are, the, the boom games and guys that are going to produce the duds because I yeah. never seem to get it right, and I'm, I'm getting on the shit end where I have guys putting up 80 <laughs> total points from a whole team. But my question for you guys in terms of real draft desire and any sort of draft, draft aspirations, does Jordan Howard or Matt Breida excite you at all even in their eighth, ninth round ADPs right now. I think Breed over Howard. I'd, yeah, I would take Agreed. a player. Really? See, I, in a PPR, I, I would. Yeah, take, in a PPR. Um, yeah. I mean, Brito I mean, Jordan Howard is definitely going to score um, more touchdowns because he'll be the goal line guy if they ever make it to the goal line. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Breed can. I mean, he can take any one carry to the house. The guy is one of the fastest backs in the league. So I mean, that alone. I mean. Like, obviously, he's not going to have the same line in front of him that he did in San Francisco, but he's always been a productive back when on the field. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, Jordan Howard, I feel, has always been a productive back, minus with the Eagles. That one – the one year with Matt, Matt Nagy's first year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was – back-to-back thousand-yard seasons with the Bears. He just never was a pass catcher, which I don't think much. Right. Brought yeah. him in to see how many passes he can catch. <laughs> but I mean, do you think? I mean, you could draft either one of those guys to be your RB three, RB four. Are you <clears throat> comfortable with that? I mean, I think I have done that. I, I, I've, that I've definitely, scenario. yeah, I've definitely drafted Brita to be a low end, like flex, you know, sub in guy, bye week person, like bad match or you know, a good matchup start. I mean, for the Dolphins, there aren't any good matchups, but <laughs> we'll figure that out. <laughs> I, I don't want to leave out the the fact that Tua at some point is going to take over, whether it's the last half of this year, next year. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Pro. I think he's going to come in and kill it immediately. I don't see that being a downgrade from Fitzpatrick. I, I think that guy's going to come in and sling the ball around. Gosh. He's just so good. I mean, granted, it was Alabama and they were loaded, but he's just such an accurate quarterback. It brought so many tears to my eyes when the Dolphins drafted him. You know, it was you know it was a possibility. I was hoping he would go to the Chargers, someone else that wasn't the same 
Yeah, I did want to see San Diego, or sorry, not San Diego. I've, I've been saying San Diego forever. Uh, LA. Mm. LA. <clears throat> Well, that has been our hot and cold episode. If you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you're listening on, make sure to like and subscribe. And thank you for the support. We will see you next time. This has been the Unruly Gents Fantasy Football Podcast. Oh, thank you.